she takes them so seriously and she's pulling like conclusions left and right she's like oh tell me about the dream and then she'd be like you saw red like three times this (laughs) means this and I'd just be like yeah but you know I was paying $20 at the time for it so you know you didn't tell me whatever you want to tell me hello clowns I'm Ami I'm Yu Chen and we're the hosts of Clown Vibes Podcast we're just two best friends who get together to laugh and discuss a variety of topics from all things pop culture to navigating through adulthood as Asian Americans and more with our very own clownsmen of course we're so glad to have you here to clown around with us, and we really hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, clowns. Welcome back to another episode of Clown Vibes. This <laughs> intro is brought to you by the news that has shaken. I would say the entire world, but it's probably only like 1% of it is the my United entire States. World. <laughs> I cannot go two minutes on social media without seeing th- something about this. If you are Vanderpump adjacent or just like not in the world, you'll be like, what is going on? And then there's like the other half where like the true fans are becoming like <laughs> the true fans are becoming rabid. Like check on your pump rule friends. They're not. Okay. We are ill. (laughs) I have been living and breathing this drama since it dropped last Friday. I have a headache at all times (laughs) from how often I look at my screen. I am exhausted. It's been a while. It's been a ride. Okay, so because I am not a super fan, I've only watched one season. Season one was actually really good. I highly good. recommend it. It got a little bit too much, like, <laughs> and not in a good way for me in season two, so I kind of stopped, but Fair. I'm at least, like, somewhat familiar with the characters, but you, as our literal resident <laughs> expert of this drama, please give us the TLDR. Okay, so there are... Five main characters in this saga. Tom Schwartz, Tom Sandoval, Raquel, Ariana, and kind of Sheena. And Katie. Okay, so like four main characters, two side characters that are really relevant. So there are two Toms. And on the season that's airing right now, the majority of the season is about Raquel trying to get with Tom Schwartz, who has been married to Katie. They recently got divorced, I think, like last December ish. Mm -hmm. And they're filming over the summer. So, like six months post divorce, Raquel is trying to get with Katie's ex husband, Mm -hmm. Tom Schwartz, who is best friends with Tom Sandoval. So, Mm -hmm. on Friday, I'm just scrolling on TikTok. And I see this page six article that says Raquel has been hooking up with Tom Sandoval, the other Tom, who has been in a 10 year relationship or nine year relationship, very fucking long with Ariana. So it was just crazy. And Raquel and Ariana are close friends, like they're besties. 
the Katie and Tom Schwartz situation of all of it is like fine, I guess. Like it's not nice because, you know, they got divorced. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really close to it. They're in the same friend circle. They have this boundary. So just that was getting me so aggravated when I was watching the show and then seeing that this whole time she's been having a full-blown affair with Tom Sandoval is like core shaking. Okay, so her trying to get together with Schwartz, that's like open news, right? Like even it's being filmed and everything, like everyone Exactly, exactly. Everyone knows that's what we all thought the focal point of this season was. Because even like in the summer, we were hearing rumors that they were like making out at Sheena's wedding and this and that. And like Katie has been making comments on Instagram, like about how much she hates Raquel. So that was open news. We've been watching it from that like lens this season. I think Mm -hmm. we're on episode five of the season. So like there's a long, there's a long time to go until this thing ends. And even when I was like texting people to look at the news, they were like, I mean, this is like old news. Like she's been hooking up with Schwartz. And I was like, no, you guys, not Schwartz, Tom Sandoval. Like this is crazy. Yes, It's very confusing, but apparently they're in love. They have these matching lightning bolt necklaces that they wear as like a signal of their love which people have what in their pictures for like months and months now he has been openly all over Raquel but this group is so weird and insidious a little bit that like it doesn't seem that weird that they're so touchy because they're just all very close and there are rumors that they would hook up in the house while Ariana was sleeping like she was staying in there for a while and even on her press tour like on Wednesday when like everyone found out or like the the cast found out and Ariana found out Raquel was giving interviews about how good of a friend Ariana is (gasps) yeah okay I don't know any of these characters but my initial thought is I hate Raquel Hell. Hate. Hate. Like my and blood boils thinking about her. Also, is she actually in love with Sandoval or is she just trying to like get to Schwartz but can't? So like she's settling or do you it, no, this no. is like a common like thing? Or is Schwartz like the whole fake storyline and it's really all about Sandoval? It's really all about Sandoval. Like, Schwartz is a fake storyline. Because they were already hooking up before she basically, like, started trying to get with Schwartz. Because they apparently started hooking up July 2022, which is when, around when they're fil- they started filming. And they did not, like, make out at Sheena's wedding until September. So, mm. in a way, like, everyone's speculating that the Schwartz saga of it all is a cover story. And Probably. we all thought, like... Schwartz must have known whatever and like he went along with this but apparently on Kristen Doty's podcast she said that Schwartz only found out a month ago which I kind of believe because while they are ride or die for each other and they have covered up so much shit 
I mm-hmm. don't know that he would actively like create the storyline just to protect his friend. Like that's exhausting. And he is like creating an enemy out of Katie, his ex-wife, who is like his only family in LA. Aww. For what? You know, like it's not fully worth it just to help Tom Sandoval. So I do believe that Schwartz only found out a month ago. Um, what is like the fallout of all of this? Because I saw something it's just like in comparison to other celebrity trauma going on r- right now, the Vanderpump Rules cast has been just like openly discussing this yeah. all over social media. It's give everything. me the like most hilarious responses. Um, what's going like extremely viral right now? I guess in the pump rules world, God knows if it's viral <laughs> in the actual is like, rec- okay. So the way everyone found out is at his cover band show, Ariana got his phone somehow while he was on stage and she looked through it, I guess, or saw messages that made her want to look through it and saw a video that Tom had screen recorded of their like FaceTime sex session. And so then she uh- called- yeah she called Raquel and was like what's happening Raquel was just like yeah this happened and Sheena was with Raquel who is like also her Raquel's other best friend and Sheena has Mm. been protecting the shit out of Raquel (gasps) but Ariana is Sheena's best friend like best friend of 12 15 years so Sheena got pissed apparently she pissed that she's pissed at Raquel Okay, good. Apparently there was a physical altercation that Raquel is saying. And she even filed a restraining order against Sheena. And then yesterday Sheena came out and said, no, I did not punch her. Like her uh, eye situation was like that prior to Wednesday. So like, it was not me who did this. Like this restraining order is vague. Anyways, so that's how everything came out. And they think that Ariana sent the video to herself. So in order to stop people from sending this video around to each other, Raquel's lawyers emailed everyone, I guess, to basically like whatever the legal term is to be like, stop fucking doing this. Uh-huh. And Lala gets on Instagram and Lala is I like saw this. a crazy character. She's just really like says whatever the fuck she wants. She's funny. She's good reality TV. She basically gets on Instagram and is like, why is your lawyer sending this to my personal email? Like, send it to Daryl, my lawyer. Like, what? I don't want to see this in the morning. And, like, send it to Daryl is going extremely well. Yes. He's already made merch. Like, merch is out there. <laughs> Are you getting it? I don't, honestly, I'm thinking about it because I'm like, this is a pivotal moment in my life. <laughs> I'll never forget where I was when I saw this news. Guys. February, March, 2023. If you are alive right now, you are witnessing the cultural zeitgeist. Like so much is happening and we're just in the thick of it. We're in the thick of it. I, we wanted to talk about so much more today, but there's just not time. No, like, there's, there's just not no time. time. Yeah, man. So everyone is speaking out. Everyone has recorded a podcast episode about it. <laughs> They're filming again. 
apparently Tom is not remorseful whatsoever and is like basically trying to push this narrative of we've been having problems. That's why I did this. So what? It's not an excuse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Tom Sandoval's whole thing is that he wants to look good. And through all of the history, he's his position is I'm like the good guy. I am, even though he has cheated multiple times, this and that, like he always has some excuse why like he, it's fine that he did it. There's like absolutely no world in which this is okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to hold these people accountable. Yeah. Remember when some like cheating rumor came out and I asked you, I was like, um, are we canceling this guy? And you're like, we can't keep canceling everyone who comes <laughs> out and like cheats. Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. This is like, it's, it's so much further than just cheating because- you're cheating with her best friend, like someone that she has in her inner fold that she hangs out with all the time. Like it's yeah. so sick. The fact that you guys have been lying to her face for seven months and then openly like talking about how much you guys love her. That's, that's, a, uh, I just can't, there's not even words to describe how disgusting that is. And this is not like, he, um, also, there are other people that are coming out of the woodwork right now saying, Tom, I've been hooking up with Tom too, or I've hooked up with Tom in the last six months. And it's like, you know what? I believe he's just been cheating this whole time. I don't put probably at all. Yeah, he for sure has. To do it in their inner circle is taking it like to the 10th level. Like that is disgusting betrayal on yeah so many, on so many levels yeah and everyone pushes this um narrative that Raquel is this dumb idiot and she is pretty dumb she talks so fucking slowly I'm like spit it out bitch like we do not have time you're wasting valuable screen time of other things because you're just talking so low so slow but she's not like you can't be so dumb and have this affair with your best friend's partner like, they have a house together. They have, like, business ventures together. She is oh, messy. an idiot, but she is conniving. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. Moral of the story is don't date a guy that's in a cover band. First yeah. Off. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. And there's so many clips coming out on TikTok of things that like Tom and Ariane have said in the past like so for those of you who don't know in season two I think it came out that Jax and Kristen who was Tom Sandoval's girlfriend at the time hooked Mm -hmm. up while Tom was sleeping in the room which is bad they hooked up twice so it's not anywhere near this level but when Tom and Jax are talking about it at the time Tom or Jax is like you cheat on Kristen all the time like who cares and Tom is like but Mm -hmm. not with a friend (sighs) and this this like not with a friend situation has come up so many times in the show and that that's like the worst part of it all is just that why are you doing this in the circle all right well now I understand why you've been so (laughs) unill and I hope you have a speedy recovery. <laughs> Thank you. I need to lock my phone away for 24 hours to decompress. <laughs> All right. Our main topic for today is 
therapy aches. This <laughs> is a topic that close to my heart because I feel like therapy itself is a wild, wild journey, but we're calling it therapy icks to reflect on the trend that everyone's talking about their icks right now, more so related to dating, but there's just so many parallels with therapy and dating. And I think I recently had a therapy ick with my past therapist, which I'll kind of get into, but kind of like prompted me to want to discuss with you, like, what are some of the therapy aches that like you've experienced and like we've seen some crazy ass stories <laughs> Very in crazy. the interweb um so just wanted to get us together and just laugh about it a little bit yes as you know I have several therapy aches so I am <laughs> ready for this <laughs> okay so you're currently in therapy right yes I have been in therapy for about a year and three months, and I'm on my second therapist. I switched about six months after my first one. Six months? Four months. Mm-hmm. So the year and a half does not include the entire, like, two years that I've been, like, telling you that, like, you should look <laughs> for a therapist. We'll get it. We'll, like, dive deeper into, like, getting into therapy and, like, the good parts of therapy, but I yeah. feel like the hardest part is just starting therapy and, like, finding a therapist. Finding one. Yeah. Finding one is such a journey. I feel like. Um, and background on my therapy experience, I have been in therapy for three years consistently, which is like crazy. <laughs> I started at the peak of the pandemic, which, and I was like living at home. So of course you need a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been with the same therapist for like all three years. And I just now like stopped very recently for like the past month or two because Mm -hmm. of she was on vacation and then I had to like switch insurance for my job. Um, And I'm like in the cusp of like deciding if I want to go back to her or not, which also kind of prompted this discussion. So maybe, maybe I'll have like a moment of truth where I'm just like, whoa, I should go back or not. I should cut ties with her. This is the episode to get it all out to decide. Okay, tell us what's an ick. What's a therapy ick? Okay, so this whole like term therapy ick, I don't know. I kind of Googled it. No one's been really using it. So maybe I'll go viral for this. (laughs) But I saw this tweet a while back. And she basically just tweeted, has a therapist ever said something so whack to you that it gave you the ick and you had to fire them? And I thought it was like so funny because why do we not talk about how crazy therapists are? Yeah. So and having a bad therapist can really like fuck you Ruin up. Your experience. Yeah. Kind of wanted to like frame this discussion with first, like we found some really crazy stories that we wanted to share. And then we can kind of like go into some of like our own personal therapy aches. Okay, I will start. I found all of these off of Reddit, by the way. (laughs) Reddit is truly the place where you can hide and complain about anything. (laughs) Yes. I spend way too much time on Reddit these days. Okay. All of her notes were doodles, like fourth grade style lines and patterns that start in one corner of the page. I honestly wouldn't have minded if she didn't ask me the same questions three sessions in a row and then forget. That's what your notepad could be used for. Okay, so her she was just, like, doodling during the yeah. session. Yeah. And to be able to visibly see your therapist doodling. Notes. 
but no, it's like, <laughs> shouldn't that be private? Yeah, but I guess it's like doodles, so it doesn't have to be private. Yeah. I do feel like since therapy has become more virtual, we have really been like shielded from all the like in-person clown moments. Okay. The next one is the first one would consistently cut our session short. They'd be an hour and she'd stop them at 45 minutes. That's cutting 25% of my time. When I paid for the full hour, I told her I wanted to get a job. Being a housewife was making me depressed. She tried to deter me from getting employment. I feel like that's like two eggs. Like, why would you deter someone from getting employment? Like, if someone's telling you, yeah, I want to get a job, and you're like, no, you shouldn't. That's or weird. just like ask, like, oh, why do you want to get a job? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's a therapist's position to not have an opinion about anything. Exactly. <laughs> you should not give advice at all. And therapy can sometimes be so expensive, and then for them to cut off so expensive yeah like 25% of your time that's too much time theft yeah you can <laughs> the only do that from your job <laughs> it is the her job are trying to... <laughs> all right my therapist office receptionist openly talk about other clients and have asked each other mm-hmm. which one is your favorite while I was waiting for my session I'm knowledgeable about confidentiality laws regarding mental health and witnessing that made my anxiety skyrocket also, my therapist has called his wife in the middle of our session and frequently checks his phone while I'm talking. I know how alienating it can feel when the other person you're paying to listen to you doesn't listen to you talk doesn't seem fully present. That is the whole point of why we're paying someone else to listen to us talk yeah. so that they can be present when <laughs> we're talking. If you wanted someone to be on their phone while you're talking to them, you can just call me. <laughs> okay, tell me some of yours. Okay, the craziest one that I found on TikTok was, so she started one of her, um, like, company was offering those, like, five free therapy sessions, which a lot of companies Mm -hmm. now offer, which people, five therapy sessions does, like, nothing. So the fact that, like, companies are like, oh, this is such a great benefit is, like, a scam. (laughs) So she signs up and she finds this therapist. So she's brown and she was like, oh, I found Mm -hmm. this therapist um she has a really long wait list which made her feel like her like she was really good yeah and so she like waited a bit and finally got in and the initial sessions are always just like an intake session where they just kind of get like background on yourself and she said like most of the questions were pretty standard but like one question she kind of asked which is like oh do you eat meat what is that which is like or like what's that why is that relevant because she's brown Okay. I guess. I don't know. Brown girl to brown girl? I don't know. I mean, I would ask my friend if they eat meat. I don't think my therapist should give a shit if I eat meat or not. Like, it's not relevant to my life. Well, it gets more crazy. So her response is like, "Um, yes, I eat meat, but like, I don't go out of my way to like eat meat in every Mm -hmm. meal. And so like, she thought that was like the only like weirdish question, but like didn't get it super into it mm-hmm. um okay so the next session ba- basically this is like the first session outside of like session or the intake session okay and the first thing she starts off with is like she's like looking at her, at her notes and she's like okay so you have an eating disorder <gasps> which what? the biggest jump to conclusion and the girl was just like 
why do you think I have an eating disorder? And she's like, um, well, you don't eat meat. And we tend to see that vegans have eating disorders. What the actual (laughs) If someone, if that happened to me, I'd just be like, you're an idiot. And I can fix myself. Like, I don't need you. The biggest idiot. Well, the thing is, is that this girl is like, probably very vulnerable right now like yeah to this, like therapist which she said like she specifically chose her because she specialized in women who have anxiety and depression mm-hmm. which is honestly a lot of us yeah um, <laughs> but <laughs> like obviously she's very vulnerable and to tell like a very vulnerable person that she has an eating disorder she basically like believed it at first she was like crying and she was like oh my gosh just like another thing that I have to deal with but then like they get into the session and her therapist was like okay so do you have like a support system like what does that look like to you Mm -hmm. and she's like yeah I have a husband who has been like very supportive through all of this and the therapist goes like oh no, um, he's going to divorce you if you keep <gasps> acting this way. Which like basically convinced her that her husband is going to divorce her. And she like went back to her husband and was like crying about it. So <gasps> her husband was like, you need to like stop seeing this therapist because she's just like brainwashing you. Yeah. Oh my God. I, outside looking in, it's so easy for like me, especially to be like, that's crazy to hear. But honestly, this kind of happened to me, not not as a severe, but I was really just like, okay, this professional is telling me these things, like, I should do it or whatever. So yeah, and like, these topics are funny. But at the end of the day, like, the, there are people that are in like a position of power. Yeah, and, like most cases, you're going to them like super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's very common for you to like, believe these diagnoses. Definitely yeah it's all just like a zoo out there with like almost no regulation I feel like I think it's also because therapists don't have to have like that much standard of education it's not as if you're going to a doctor in most cases like yeah really what business does your therapist have diagnosing you when it should really be like a psychiatrist maybe yeah and like what's crazy is like some people are like uh sometimes I just feel like my therapist decides to be a therapist so she can like have free therapy sessions with like other people <laughs> which it turned like they're like reverse and now <laughs> they're just trauma jumping <laughs> which didn't that kind of happen with you and like small instances oh my god oh wait let me tell you this other one I forgot she had a house fire that morning, yet still came into our appointment. When I mentioned how my abusive mom was trying to get us to move back in with her, my therapist told me I was lucky to have a place to go to at all. I feel like that's a very like reverse, like, well, you have it better than me. So yes. Oh my I gosh. I hate go. the whole argument. Like, well, you should be grateful for this. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate it when friends do this. I hate it when I don't think my therapist has ever said something like that, but it's just like, it's not the point. It's not the point of why I'm bringing it up to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone's situation is personal to them. Yes, they can have empathy for other situations, but that doesn't negate or uh, diminish your own feelings about something. All right, I'm going to read the Twitter thread that 
I originally like sparked this discussion. Okay. Um, so this girl finally booked an appointment with a therapist to work through trauma she had been carrying. Um, so the therapist is like, when did this happen? Her about two years ago. And then her therapist said, and you're still going on about it. <laughs> Which isn't the like point of trauma and like why we're in therapy is we've like built this like level of trauma over the like past years. And now we're like talking through it. If I yeah. were able to get through it, I wouldn't be bringing it up with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't be needing to pay you to tell me dumb things. Um, another one, when I was sobbing and talking about the several family members of mine who suddenly died in my formative years, my first therapist told me a lot of people go through much worse things, <gasps> which like, no, yeah, that's yeah. like the house on fire situation. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I would. Uh... Okay. I have some funny ones. These are actually okay. like, these made me giggle. Okay. Mine was sad that the queen died. So I let her go. <laughs> I mean. Maybe yeah. I would too. That would give me the ick. Like, you didn't realize she was very old, right? Also, it's like, why do I need to know that about you? Like, you should not be telling me any of your preferences about anything. It was 2016 and my therapist was really into Hillary Clinton. Then I realized how much she resembled Hillary in face, hair, mannerism. I went to an appointment in the morning of the election and she was in a pantsuit. I never went back. <laughs> She was, like, going to a Hillary impersonator. <laughs> I didn't know. Like, imagine if your therapist was just, like, <laughs> her side job was a Hillary impersonator. <laughs> She's, like, one of those people in Times Square that's, like, asking for money to take pictures with you. <laughs> All right. So those are our publicly sourced therapy mm-hmm. icks. Um, But, of course, like, we have a lot to, like, pull from from our personal experience ourselves. I'll go first. So just to give background, I also sourced a brown therapist when I first started therapy. I thought, oh, this would be good. I won't have to explain my culture. But anytime I would say like, this is how my parents and I interact, or like, this is how I'm worried about what I'm worried about. She would immediately say like, okay, well, that's just the brown culture thing. Like, this is how you should respond this was like a big complaint of yours when you were seeing her and I think part of it is that brown culture is it's not just a cookie cutter thing like it's very complex with like different nuances across many different types of brown culture that's like very specific to your experience too and I would tell her like my family and my parents are extremely casual we do not have a very like strict parental child relationship where I can't tell them and like I can't speak my mind or I can't like say hey don't say that to me Mm -hmm. directly like I don't have to skirt around things and wasting multiple sessions trying to tell me how to skirt around things is not helpful when I don't even need to do that and that's harder than just being able to say like what I need to say so my therapist is also Asian and like that was my strategy and picking her is I also didn't want to like explain myself but I do feel like she every time I kind of mentioned like this might be Asian culture her entire response would be like yeah it might be but it's like very also very like specific to Mm -hmm. your experience and your parents experiences so she always like brought me back to just like 
our own personal experiences yeah instead of like generalized like brown culture or Asian culture yeah 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 yeah. that's true and it just the my biggest complaint about her actually I have so many complaints this is not my biggest (laughs) another complaint about her is she would not remember a single thing I would tell her like that's when I was going to her when I was taking this watercolor class and it was a like goal of mine to like look for a hobby and whatever Mm -hmm. and so week to week she would ask me like what I'm doing to like achieve this goal. And every week I would say, I signed up for this watercolor class. I signed up for this watercolor <laughs> class. And she would be like, when is your watercolor class starting? And it, like oh, no. at this point, it had started three weeks prior. And I was like, it started three weeks ago. Like I told you that. And I already showed you a picture I painted. Like what is happening? <laughs> And she also was an extreme oversharer. She would tell me so much stuff about her own life and tell me things in ways that were super judgy about the people around her. Like I would be talking about, I don't know, maybe my career or something. And she would say, yeah, you know, the people I went to school with, I look at them on Facebook now and I see where they are and I'm just so glad that I'm much further than them and they're really not doing anything with their lives that is a very judgy thing and like so you should keep judgy. that thought to yourself 100 <laughs> percent, you should keep it to yourself and she would make these comments all the time to where I was never fully honest with her because I was so scared she was judging me all the time the things I did tell her she would have judgy responses to and tell me like I'm playing the victim when I'm simply telling her what happened this last week. That, Wait, that she was literally what told me. you? Yeah, she. that's what caused me to finally be like, fuck you, I'm done with this. She said, it seems like you're really playing the victim in this situation. Like, you're taking it very personally. And I'm just like, well, I am taking it personally. That's true. But I, you asked me what happened this last week. This happened this last week. And it's like one of the bigger things that happened like week to week, I'm just working. And then some, a few things will happen. So of course I'm going to tell you about the biggest thing that happened this week. What else am I here for? How is this me playing the victim? I hate the like phrase playing the victim. I don't know where it stemmed from, but in therapy, I must feel like it should not be used. Never. And even if you feel like your like patient is playing the victim, aren't there better ways to like kind of get to that point and help them see it than like yeah. say you're playing the victim? Because what does that even mean, playing the victim? Truly, what does that even mean? I think to her, it just meant like you're holding on to this too long and you should have gotten over it immediately and like just brushed it off. And it's like, well, you know that I'm not going to be able to do that. I have been talking about this like overarching issue for months now like Mm -hmm. it's clearly not something I can easily brush off otherwise I wouldn't need to come to you the biggest dummy on this planet (laughs) that that's truly and she had this like really intense bus metaphor that she would tell me all the time that was basically like you're the bus driver of your life and people will come in and out and you should not try to like pick people up and if people leave then like just fully let them go And I am not a person who will let anyone really go fully. Mm -hmm. And so to continue to tell me that and basically continue to shame me for 
letting people back into the bus is wild. Like it's my life at the end of the day. And for months I was not letting people back on this metaphorical bus because that's what Mm -hmm. she was telling me. And that was a huge mistake and very against my nature. Do you think she was very early on in her practice too? Like inexperienced? I don't think so. I think she had been practicing for years. Like she's older. She was like in her late forties. And maybe that is like an issue. Like she was an older brown woman. Yeah, I think so too. And I just know way too much about, I just knew way too much about her life. Even thinking about her (laughs) gives me anxiety. Like I hate her. And when I got my new therapist and we had the intake session, she was asking Mm -hmm. me like what I, like why I got a new therapist, whatever, just normal questions. And I was like, I cannot go through that therapy session without feeling judged. I just am looking for someone who is going to listen to me without passing judgment on what I'm telling you. Good. And I feel like that's what she does. She totally does. She's, uh, I could not live without this therapist. (laughs) She's a white therapist too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's younger. I don't know how old she is, but I I know nothing about her life. Literally nothing. I'll start the session with like, oh, how's your week going? Like, what, what'd you do this week? And she'll be like, yeah, we're not here for that. I had a good week. Like, well, how are you? My therapist is that too. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, thanks. I love that. I too have like a very similar experience with your second therapist in which that like, she's very professional. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's no small chit chat. It's like very like kind of to the point we're here to like for your therapy session. And while I do like, like that in a way, because it's focusing on me, I almost feel like because I've been with her for three years, I still don't have that like closeness that maybe I would really want in a therapist. What does I don't closeness know. in I'm a like... therapist mean to you? Or like exactly what, what kind of like, is it like a feeling that you're trying that you think you should have or? It's a feeling of trust that I have not like I realize that I haven't really developed with her yet and I don't know if it's because of her professionalism or because of some like very transactional experiences that mm-hmm. I had with her and I also am a little concerned that this may also be like a me issue and not like the situation issue okay even if it's a you issue it doesn't matter it's your therapy journey so exactly yeah I mean, what's a you issue? There's no, it's, if you're having a problem with it, it's a problem. It's not a you thing. All right. So I started therapy with her on my parents' insurance and she didn't take it. And so we did sliding scale. And of course I was like making less money at that time. This was three years ago. So we started at like a certain um, amount with like my intention is to like get onto a insurance that she would take. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that becomes like a lot more affordable and by affordable for the listeners. I mean, like with therapy, it would cost like 14, 15, $20, like with insurance, with insurance, it costs like 14. Yes. Yeah. Without insurance, it costs like $200. Yeah. Like it really varies. Like there's no, sometimes even more. Yeah. I got quoted $400 right now. I'm like, who the fuck is going to you, dude? And she didn't take insurance at all. Anyways, continue. Once I got into therapy, it was fine. But then like 
because insurance covered it and the cost was just like very manageable, like $20 for a therapy session. Yeah. It's a steal. Mm-hmm. But whenever I switched or whenever I lost my job and I didn't have insurance, that's mm-hmm. when the sliding scale came back. And I was like kind of discussing like where I was like mentally around like financials. Like that was a stressful part of my life. Yeah. And we kind of discussed like, oh, like she basically asked me, she's like, what is like the minimum that you could do? Mm-hmm. And I kind of like gave her a number in which she counted. She's like, I, I know we started with that number, but like, because, you know, the price of insurance has really gone up over the years, like this is the best that I can do. Uh-huh. Which I didn't love that. I just don't love negotiating. Yeah money with my therapist I feel like totally it's awkward you're in a relationship with this person it should mm-hmm. not be transactional that's why I feel like it's kind of a systemic issue or like an issue yeah. with therapy itself like I think insurance should call cover all therapy like therapy should be yeah. free because the fact that like I've had to negotiate my like pay for her has always taints- felt very transactional yes yeah it taints the relationship I was like fully ready to go back to her, but whenever I got my job rescinded, I kind of like let her know she was on vacation at the time. And I was just like, because this like happened, um, I don't think I can like financially continue with the price that you had told me, which Uh was the minimum price that she said she could do. Um, And to which she responds, she's like, it's important to continue therapy. Let me know what you can pay for, which like, I already told her what I could pay yeah. for, in which yeah, yeah, yeah. we already went through this dance. So does this mean that you could have taken less money, um, but had negotiated at like a higher price? Like, mm. and I totally respect that, but then it just like gives you the ick. It gives you, yeah. it, like, it kind of makes the water murky and now it kind of like, ru- not ruined, but like taints the relationship that we established that should be so heavily based on trust. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was wondering where like trust came from when you said that, but now that makes a lot of sense to me. It's weird because obviously this is her job. And so yeah, in our like position, we're trying to get a job. We're always like, we should negotiate this and that, and they should value mm-hmm. us for what we're worth. And so it's it's a weird situation. It is. It's a very personal relationship that you have with your therapist even Mm -hmm. though this is their profession, it's weird. It's like negotiating with the doctor. You would never do that. It's like those relationships when people are sending each other spreadsheets back and forth. I saw TikTok on that and you're just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I think there's like little things about, I mean, the whole transaction thing is like kind of like an ache of mine mm-hmm. the whole like money situation but also there have been moments like I remember the specific moment where I asked her like oh I just don't know if I need weekly sessions right now especially because yeah. I'm like a little bit busy and I want to switch to bi-weekly is mm-hmm. that okay and she was just like explain to me why you want to switch to bi-weekly because I feel like in cases where people want to do less it actually means they need to do more like I think we should do twice a week Oh my God. And she would like almost never let me switch or never let me skip a session unless like I 
had a reason, like I'd be out of town or I would have people in my home and I couldn't do our sessions in a private Mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. And to your point about like feeling guilty or like feeling judged, I would feel so guilty for always skipping a session. And like, we've been at this for three years and I feel like I know myself well enough to be able to handle a week away from therapy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it should be, you should be driving this situation and you should be driving mm-hmm. the frequency. It's your therapy time, like whatever your like healing. If you think biweekly is good for you, then she should just be like, cool. You know, what's crazy is like, shouldn't you wanting to switch to biweekly be like a good thing? <laughs> yes. Well, That's okay. also why I just felt like does she have my best interest in yeah. me? Am I just like another paycheck for her? Remember a couple of weeks ago, my therapist asked me if I wanted to go to my yeah. weekly and I was insulted. <laughs> I insulted, <laughs> but I was like, no, I don't want to do my weekly. <laughs> okay. I will end with this like funny ick that I have of her, but I think she specializes in dreams, which is a little <laughs> bit kooky. <laughs> Which, like, I kind of lean into sometimes because my dreams are fucking crazy. Like, I don't know where my subconscious, like, comes into play. And, like, I've been having some crazy dreams. (laughs) But she takes them so seriously. And she's pulling, like, conclusions left and right. She's like, oh, tell me about the dream. And then she'd be like, you saw red, like, three times. This (laughs) means this. And I'd just be like, yeah. But, you know, I was paying $20 at the time for it. So, you know, you didn't tell me whatever you want to tell me. But if we're going to go back to, like... What did you think Brad was? Okay, I don't know. There was this one dream, though, where, like, I couldn't get into this building. Mm-hmm. And I had many, like, ID issues. And she'd be like, oh, an ID. Are you questioning your, like, identity or, like, who you are? <laughs> so just... Okay. I question that all the time. <laughs> like she's not wrong first. I know. And she takes it like so seriously. Yeah. And like my ache is just like, it's not that serious. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a dream. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us on all social media at Clown Vibes Podcast or email us at clownvibespodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoy our show and want to support us, please like, subscribe, and give us a rating and review. That's it for today. Bye, Bye clowns. clowns.